Today's episode is brought to you by Wild, natural deodorant, body wash and shampoo bars. Wild uses clean and natural ingredients in all of their beautiful products, meaning they're good for your body and the planet. We don't have time for this. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we make this podcast, the Garigal and the Garibagal people. We pay our respects to all First Nations elders, past, present and emerging. So I have an update. Oh, we love those. Rafa's learnt to lose. Wait, <laughs> in one week? Yeah. You were like, it is April. I know. And You've I was like, a whole year. I've got time on my side. <laughs> She's done it. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, what? Huh? Yeah. I know. Talk it up. Well, board games have now become a very pleasurable experience. Okay. And uh, we played Spotty Dog, which is the game I mentioned last week. And she lost a few times and she was totally fine with it. She went, oh, that's okay. Next time. Let's so play again. Shifted? I don't know. I think it's exposure. So you just did that thing of, oh, I'm the parent. I put my foot down and I say, it's okay to lose. And look, she's adapted. Well, I think, remember I told you about the disastrous snakes and ladders yeah. and then I found that window of time mm-hmm. to sort of say, well, I'm mummy's sad because we were having so much fun together yeah. and then the game ended because you didn't want to play anymore because you were losing. And even though in the moment she was like, cool chat, mum, <laughs> and blanked me, I actually think it seeped mm. into her psyche. And then she went, yeah, it's kind of not cool to do seeped that. Seeped into her psyche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're so responsible for how great our so kids are. So responsible. <laughs> My kid learned to Lose. I just can't believe that happened in a week. Like, what a turnaround. Dude, your shock is my shock. Wow. I feel the same. Well, great. So what's next on your school readiness list? Um, hand-eye coordination ball games. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't expect you to have something in the cannon ready to come through, but okay, that's great. Yeah. So this weekend, off to the park with a ball. Yep. Off we go. Okay. Well, she's a very coordinated kid. I think you won't have trouble with that. We'll see. Mm. Should we get into the yes. episode? God damn it, yes. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Revs. Howdy-doodly-doodly-day. Revs-doodly-doodly-day. Good day. I'm like, don't give me any more nicknames. Okay. I already get DMs on the daily. They're like, hey, revs doodly And I'm like, how did this happen to me? <laughs> like, Blame it on the peanut. Seriously. Between you and my mate Meigs, like everybody has a nickname. I think nicknames are the most endearing things in the I world. Also and I also agree. I think... It's a joy when mm. someone gives you a nickname. Are you telling me it's a privilege and shut up? I'm yep. loved. It means you're loved, babe. <laughs> so another update. Oh, yep. full of updates today. Of so in our Facebook group, we love, love our DLs. We love, love our DLs. Um, they're reigniting a house swap trend. Yes. To counter Cozy Lives. Oh my God, I've been seeing this. This is very cool. It is sick. It's sick. Yeah, and it's a brilliant idea. So essentially one of the DLs was like, hey, Cozy Lives is burning all of us. Mm-hmm. Holidays are no longer on the horizon, but hey, is anyone up for the old school house swap? So This clever. is where I live. This is what I offer. How many bedrooms? Interested in going to another city? And so I'll go to cool. yours. Anyway, I just thought, what a fucking genius idea. I love how she set it up. She's like, I'm having a little fantasy about the holiday 
holiday, but with kids. You know the movie, yes. the Christmas movie. She's like, I'm kind of thinking we do that as DLs. It's so genius. Can yeah. I jump in? Yeah, <laughs> I can swap a manly two bedroom apartment in the heart of manly for something cool. Absolutely, you could. All right, I'm jumping in. Yeah, it's so fun. It's You're- such a cool way of doing things. Our DLs are so resourceful. I fucking love you guys. <sighs> it's just our people, you know. Speaking of our people, thank you for all your beautiful messages over the last week. It's been very heartwarming. I've loved hearing from you all, especially my other redundant queens. Yeah, you guys are all trauma bonding together. We're trauma bonding. There's so many of you out there who've like either lost a job or your partner's lost a job lately and you just really feel it. We all get it. It's a bit of a support group and um, man, it's just cool. Like again, just cool community we've got here. The best. Got each other's backs. Very amazing that we can be real with each other i'm glad you guys have the context now for so that when i talk about life or you see me just midday doing an ama on the instagram <laughs> you know what's up you know what your girl's doing a whole lot of nothing basically oh, well that's not true i'm doing tons of stuff just not being paid for it <laughs> anyway school holes coming up you ready? I am not ready. No. I am back in scramble mode. Oh, yeah. It sneaks up on it you every years. year. It takes years. It takes years. And this year, you know, we're being really considered mm. about how much extracurricular mm. school holiday activities we want to put Rafa in, mm. you know, because of the state of the world at the moment. We've yeah. got to think about that stuff, but that's okay. Um, I'm definitely leaning to gymnastics camp, maybe not at the same frequency <laughs> as last school holidays, but yeah. girlfriend is keen yeah. as. Yeah. Well, Ted's going every single day. I love that. Sorry, there's one day he's not going. (laughs) So good. Literally every day of the school holidays, bar one, he's off to gymnastics. He's doing one-on-one. He's doing group gym. He's doing acro and tumbling. It's like, I can't wait to see where he gets to at the end of the two and a half weeks. Uh, The Olympics. That's what I'm foreseeing for him. Excited for me though. My girl, Isla, we're just hanging. So good. We're doing play dates. We're mall ratting. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Coffee dates. Yeah, but that's like an hour of one day. I know. You know? Like, what are we going to do? I don't know. We need a project. Maybe we go buy a puzzle or something. <gasps> yes, like a yeah. 3,000 piece puzzle. Like a puzzle. really epic yeah. puzzle and like spend the entire. And then Teddy comes home and does like one backhand spring through the puzzle and tears for everyone. And we'll work it out. But anyway, yeah. That's going to be a new vibe. Available school holidays. I'm actually excited for Isla. I think she's going to really love having mummy around. I was explaining to Jem before. She's like really confused by the whole thing. Because I said to her, babe, what do you want to do in school holidays? Do you want to just hang? And she's like, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm like, mummy's not working. So we could just have two weeks together she's like yeah but what would we do because <laughs> this kid's been in care yeah her whole she's a lifer yeah she's been in care since she was nine months old she's never had a school holidays that she wasn't farmed out to camps grandparents friends the whole thing mummy's always running late and like getting there right at the end of the day like sorry sorry got stuck in traffic ah! so she just doesn't even quite understand the concept she's probably very suspicious of she's you. so sus she'd be like where you at yeah where you been <laughs> what you doing what you doing <laughs> yeah where you at <laughs> totally it's just like so funny seeing her little brain like try and understand this shift she's like more change cool mum. thanks <laughs> we love it she is going to love it yeah i think so i think it'd be nice for us to so definitely slow down and she'll be ready to go back to school she'll be like let me at it something to do all day hey there's a benefit to that it's like bye mom yeah <laughs> yeah totally i reckon three days in i'm gonna be like cool i'm not cut out for anyway so speaking of activities do you know what i don't have time for what don't you have time for oh 
or shall I say, what I suddenly have time for. But didn't have time for? But didn't have time for. What's that? Okay, so I'm a sport mom now. So oh, look out, soccer mom. So we decided last year, it was the first full year of divorce for my family. So we decided we weren't going to do Saturday sport. We were just going to keep things really, really simple. No extracurricular so that the kids didn't have to juggle school and their activities and moving houses and all that sort of stuff. So we kept it really, really lean last year. This year, we've let them do everything they want. So they're doing trombone, gymnastics, and they're both playing soccer. They've joined a local club and I was being a bratty little brat from Brat Town on Friday night and all last week about Saturday sport coming up. You know, I was making all the jokes. I was at a school event last Friday night and I was like, oh, how does everyone do this? You know, it would be a really good business if you could just like hire a dad and he just had a van and he went around and picked up all the kids and took them to sport and delivered them back at 2 p.m. fed and just played Bon Jovi in the bus and everyone was all (laughs) just excited and we could just sit at home drinking our coffee and everyone was like, oh yeah. But like, they're all in it. You know, they do it. They do sport every weekend or whatever. And I was just whinging, whinging to my boyfriend, like, how do you do this when you've got one kid playing here at this time and one woke up at seven whinging because I had to wake the kids up and get them into their soccer uniforms and out the door and blah, blah, blah. Well, cut to my plot twist. It's fucking great. (laughs) Shut up. It's great. I would never have seen this for you. Neither. What's so great about it? Okay. Sell it to me because I am not sold. All right. So my boyfriend told me this and I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you know what, Kate? You're going to get there tomorrow morning. You're going to be standing by the pitch with your coffee, making friends with the other parents. I was like, am I? (laughs) And he's like, and you're not even going to know yourself. You're going to start cheering for your kids. It's just going to fall out of your face and you're going to be so proud of them. I was like, don't see it. Don't see it happening. I'm not a sporty chick. I'm not into this stuff. Standing on a cold, wet sports ball field in the middle of my morning on the weekend sounds like hell. Well, I've got a theory, but keep going. Okay. So it was a bitch getting there. You've got to find a park and, you know, you've got to get caffeinated. That's vital. It's a whole thing. It's like not even eight o'clock by the time you're already standing there ready for them to play. That is aggressive. I've had a day and it's 8 a.m. You're like, I'm ready for lunch. Ready. And then Ted starts playing. He's wearing his little uniform, which I, you know, called a costume. like no it's a uniform put on his uniform he starts playing football and I'm like engaged yeah I'm like go Hulks you know I'm like yelling and I'm like go Teddy get on the ball like I find myself exactly what my boyfriend told me would happen screaming for my kid cheering them on you unleashed the beast I unleashed the sport beast I'm making friends with the other moms we're swapping numbers Teddy's making friends Isla's cheering for Teddy we're all yelling and it was like this wholesome fulfilling event. I felt great. Teddy had an amazing time. He was asking when we're going back to soccer. Love that. Like, I was just so proud of him. It was fun. It was fun, Jim. But Revs, I'm not taking any of this away from you. (laughs) I am so happy you're having fun. But I do think there's a sweetener Uh when your kid is into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not only into it, Teddy's good at it. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's got his dad's genetics. Yes. Yes. Now, with that combination, <laughs> makes it easier. 100p it does. Yeah. Now, I just want to flip it for you. Uh-huh. Imagine if your kid's like, I don't want to go. Yeah, I'd be and like, fine. The game started. And yeah, you're yeah. like, get on the pitch. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I bought your outfit. Yeah. Your costume. Is it, yeah. What was it? Uniform. <laughs> You've been to rehearsals. Oh, wait, that's called training. (laughs) We're just not sport people, are we? I literally call training rehearsals. 
<laughs> and Isla was like, Mom, it's called training. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What time is rehearsals? <laughs> Where's the after party? <laughs> How long does the season run? <laughs> Actually, I think Actually, it is no, called it season. Actually, it is called a season. Oh, phew. <laughs> But I think that can be a real drag. Yeah. And yeah. If imagine if they weren't progressing with their skills because they're not interested. <laughs> now, the reason why I'm sharing this counterclaim to yeah. like Saturday sport yeah. is because my next door neighbours complain about their kids' lack of interest yeah. in sport every week to me and they commit to it because they want to get their kids off their devices. Yeah, and they yeah, think yeah. sport is like kids running around in fresh air. It's wholesome. It's, it's all awesome. the things it's that exercise. you feel. It's like team bonding. But they spend all their time with their boys being like, come on, just give it a go. Get out there. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. a very different vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you have a romantic view of yeah. it. I'm very pleased for you that this is your reality, but totally. I know it's not every parent's reality. No, no, reality. no, totally. But like a, a good mate of mine, Ben, he's a sport dad. Hardcore. Hardcore. His kids play lots of sports. They're in rep teams, like very good. And I texted him and I was like, um, sports fun? He's like, oh, welcome, Revs. <laughs> I'm like, sports fun? He's like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm very grateful to have frothers, uh-huh. like kids who just want to get in and do the things. I guess that's the upshot of being lifers, maybe. Mm. <laughs> They're into organized fun. So good. But yeah, no, very, very grateful they have their dad's sporty genetics. It has not come from me, although it's my so, dad would like break a window to hear me say that. He'd be like, I'm sporty sports in our blood. But, you know, let's be real. It's not. This has come from the Scottish genetics. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Loved it. Can't wait for next weekend. Well, we've got a few weeks off thanks to Easter. Can't wait to hit the pitch. Okay, so you've mentioned Teddy's sport Mm. capabilities. Mm. What about Isla? Well, Isla had a bye, so she didn't play. What's a bye? Well, they like, because of the teams, the way they play each other, there was no team available to play their team. Every team has one week where they so just don't play. So did they not play. just train? No, no, they just have a week off. Okay. So it was just Teddy's team this week. But um, yes, every other week I'm going to have two games. Sometimes they're in a different place. Oof. So that's annoying. How are you going to manage that? They, they wouldn't be at the same time. I haven't looked at the whole year, but they're often not. So like an 8.30 game and an 11.30 game, but they might be at a different pitch. You have to drive all over town. Okay, so would Isla be okay sitting on the sidelines for Teddy's game yeah, and vice yeah. versa? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they catch the on. vibe. Yeah, yeah. They're into oh, it. Isla was amazing. I'll put it up on Instagram. She was the best cheerleader. cheerleader. Oh, of course she was. Sister. She's the best. She was just like such a hype girl. It was so fun. It, honestly, I'm shook at how fun it is. I can't wait till July when we've done six weeks of winter mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's a wet, cold day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dreary fucking. Let's go with 14 degrees yeah, yeah. morning. Oh, puffer jacket, Puff- wellies. Yeah. I, I'm just curious mm. if you're going to still be into it. I think you will because Ted's good. Yeah, yeah, he's it. When your kid's it. good at something, you kind of enjoy the watching just of it. Just seeing their little face yeah. where they're like engaged in something and like contributing. And yeah, it's cool. Part of it. It's really cool. Yeah. I didn't appreciate that this could go beyond like, say, a choir experience. <laughs> <laughs> we loved choir. Oh, for life. Choir for life. I still think we should start a mum choir. But anyway, we'll get back to that. That's a real something to do in your 50s and 60s. Thing. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll pioneer time. that. We'll pioneer that. Anyway, plot twist, sports fun. How about it? Full convert. Here life, you come. Lifetime retraction. So good. When are you starting sport? With school, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just giving myself a year. Look, Rafa does gymnastics. Mm-hmm. I think that's enough. She mm-hmm. does her swimming lessons. I mean, I don't think swimming lessons are particularly fun. They're just more no. essential. Yeah. But 
Hubs is very, very big on team sport. Yeah. He has this funny broad statement that he always pulls out, which is like, every time I'm hiring someone for the company I work for, I can always tell who grew up playing team sport really? and who didn't. Really? Yeah. He's got real theories about wow. it. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, our kids will definitely be team sport players. This is the thing about gymnastics. It's virtuosic, right? It like is. it's a solo sport. Massively. I mean, sometimes you're competing for team points or whatever, but it's like- It's not the same. It's not the same as- You're not working, working together. together to get something done yeah. yeah whereas dance yes i grew up doing a steadfords yeah very much a team, team sport. sport yeah drama yeah. exactly choir well the, the ultimate <laughs> team sport but it is you know you have that one rogue not on the note you fuck it up for everyone yeah What's you can't all? have harmonies without layers without people you can't have harmonies without melodies you heard it here <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, that's a team sport yeah even like like debating See, Hubs and I don't see eye to eye on tennis. I really want my kids to grow up playing tennis because obviously I'm a tennis lover and it's everyone an in my family. It's an elegant sport, that it, one. It is elegant. And I think it's a great casual social mm, sport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Better um, than golf. Well, lots of people love golf as yeah. well, but I'm all about tennis. Whereas my husband's like, nah, it's not a team sport. Oh, okay, I'm like, okay, what okay. do you mean you play doubles? He's like, no, it's not a team sport. It's just doubles. It's like two people and it's still quite soloist. Yeah. Yeah. Even while playing with a partner, it's not managing a team of five plus people in mm. a group all working together towards the same goal. I'm like, oh, he has such a romantic view of it. <laughs> rugby boys. Yeah. That's the other conversation that we have. He's like, mm. Iggy will play rugby. Oh. And I'm like, no son of mine. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I am grateful AF that I have a European baby daddy who grew up playing football. football. We call it football because that's what it's called everywhere other than Australia and the US. And Oh, just the US. One of the biggest populations in the world. Because they have football as in America gridiron and then they have soccer. But like it's called football, the you know, FIFA. I'm so grateful that my kids can play that where only their shins can really get fucked up. Yeah. They're not gonna have cauliflower ears and fucked up faces and we're not gonna have head injuries and neck situations. Don't at me if your kid got that from soccer. I don't wanna hear it. Okay, I really wanna stay in this ignorant, blissful bubble where this is a really safe sport for my kids to play. Also, it's mixed. I love that. So they're playing boys and girls. And I just feel like that just makes it a little bit different. There's yeah. a little less testosterone on the field. You I'm going to slip Rafa and Iggy into soccer, aka yes. football, yeah. and um, see how long I can get away with that before Hubs is like rugby. I just can't imagine Iggs. Oh my god, little Iggy, little bear, Iggy bear playing rugby. Like I just okay, no, no, okay. he might prove no, me wrong. Jim, it's time. What we need to talk about your infantilization of Iggy. What do you mean? I know he's your baby. Yeah. I know he's the sweetest little sugar cube in all the land, but he's growing up into, you know, he's a boy. I won't accept it. (laughs) Sorry. He's my baby. I know, but like. He'll be 15 and I'll still be rocking him in his arms. Okay. Laying him down in his cot. Well, <laughs> so he's fighting you on that now. I know. He I wants know. out of his cot. It's upsetting. He wants to be in a bed. Are you really going to like go breastfeed him halftime rugby and be like, now Iggy, if you don't want to play, it's okay. Let's come read some oh, books. <laughs> you, I know. I you got to let the kid go and be a kid now, Jim. I know. It's happening. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it's me. I'm the problem. I'm the enabler. I'm, I'm holding him back. Yeah, you I are. Am. You are. You're so like, happy. oh my God, Iggy worked out how to climb out of his cot. I'm like, yeah, because boyfriend is three. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's three. This is not shocking. (laughs) How is he sleeping, by the way? Have you gotten any more sleep? Have you dropped the nap? What's good? Give us an update on that. There's no update. It's just all a shit show. It's a shit show. And then we've just had Easter. We fucked up their sleep schedule again, being away. (laughs) Like, it's a shit show. Okay. Okay? I'm just riding this wave to no sleep town. Okay. Well, that's fun for you. It's fine. Drop the nap. I will. Drop the nap and drop the babying. You know what? Actually, fuck Fuck off. I feel shame. No, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, no, I caught do. myself. Yeah. Baby, you do you. Thank Here's you. your baby. Thank you know, you. you worked hard for those babies. Hang on. I, I, I retract it all. <laughs> Ad break. Got to keep the lights on. DLs, you're not going to want to skip this one as we have one of the biggest discounts we have ever procured for you from this awesome brand. I am extra excited about today's sponsor because DLs. As you will know, this started out as my not spawn. And now it's spawn. How good. Okay, so on your reco, I've started using Wild Natural Deodorant and then Wild came to us and asked if we wanted to try the full range. So obviously we jumped on that. That's right, DLs. Consider us your natural body care crash test dummies. (laughs) So I've been using Wild Deodorant for nine months now and I love the change. My motivation for stopping using regular store-bought deodorant was the aluminium and parabens. Mm. I mean, we use deodorant every day, so Mm. I want to try and avoid all the harsh chemicals as well. Wild's whole thing is that it's all clean and natural. Did your body adapt straight away? Did it take a minute? Okay, so you do need to give this a couple of weeks, okay? okay? There is an adjustment period like anything natural. So my recommendation to you, Revs, was Mm. definitely to give it a full fortnight and then decide how you like it. Okay. You did, but for me, it's been pretty seamless. I will say I'm not an overly sweaty girl, but I have always used strong deodorant and frankly, it's just time to get off the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm loving the switch. I've found it really easy and the dispenser is really gorgeous. The user experience, just great. Have you got a go-to scent? Oh, babe, I'm all about the fresh cotton and sea salt. Mm. I will say they have got this new Rainforest Oasis scent that I'm keen to try. I am using that one and it's dreamy and it comes in the body wash too and I'm always auditioning body washes. So far, I am loving this one. Rebsy, do you love how you can choose your deodorant Mm. case Mm colour and just pop in the recyclable refills? You know, it makes doing the right thing for the environment feel very nice and bougie. Obsessed. Loving the shampoo bars too because I'm always cringing at the waste in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And of course, all wild products are vegan and cruelty free. So do something for the planet that your future self will thank you for and check out Wild today with 25% off your entire order. Use code NOTIME, all caps, no space, at the checkout. 25% is huge. Yeah, it's actually the highest discount Wilder offering in Australia. Australia and it's exclusively for you DLs. Go to wearewild.com and use code NOTIME at the checkout for 25% off. Enjoy. You know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? A new gentle parent trend that's triggered me a bit. Okay now for people who are new to the podcast Jem has two major triggers in her parenting life. I use trigger in the real sense like I'm very aware that we often throw that word around and we shouldn't but like I've never seen Jem let's say activated by two topics more. One is baby led weaning. Okay. OG listeners of the pod will know Jem was personally attacked by the concept of baby led weaning because she's a neat 
meat freak, a control freak, just mm-hmm. a freak, like mm-hmm. all round. And the idea of just putting food in front of a messy baby to paint the house with upset her to no end. Now, the other thing mm. that upsets Jim at this level is gentle parenting, because for fuck's sake, who's got the time, who's got the energy? Talk to me about this trend. A couple of things. <laughs> Back on the baby led weaning, just quickly. <laughs> Okay, let's reopen this wound. I've done a bit of uncover, discover, discard. Oh, love. Yep, around baby led weaning. And I realized that it's my own shit um, because... Welcome. I know. (laughs) She got there. But I found the root. It's actually got nothing to do with neat freakness. Oh, okay. It's because if you handed your kid a whole fish finger stick, Mm -hmm. that counts as baby led weaning, but it's not messy. Where my triggers lie Mm -hmm. deeply rooted Mm -hmm. in my soul is because I live with endless guilt that I don't feed my kids the right foods. Yeah. That's what I've learned. Okay. But you know, uncover, discover, discard. I'm not a cook. So I go for all the easy options. Mm -hmm. I'm also a time poor working mom, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which just feeds into that perfectly. But in terms of the discard of the discovery, I'm letting myself off the hook and I'm like you know what it is okay my kids are going to be okay yeah they, they still enjoy badly. Fruit. They don't eat badly, but they don't eat fucking handmade, say it, say it. hand rolled fucking homemade sushi and bliss balls out of a bento box. Okay? They just That's don't. That's Jem's ultimate trigger. Her ultimate trigger is seeing handmade sushi and bliss balls in a beautiful aluminium bento box. Yeah. And I get triggered because I go, I'm not that mom. I'm a wallet mom. Okay? I'm not a good mom. But also, anyway. Jem, you don't like a hack. Like, I'm like, oh my God, you know what's really good to get protein? You just make quick French toast with crumpets and you're like, French toast? Can I I peel plastic off that and throw it in a microwave? If not, I don't want to know about it. Jem literally struggles to turn on the oven. I'm covered in shame. No, no, no. I'm not shaming you. I'm trying to explain it because uncover, discover, discard. But also people out there are like you. This is Mm. like, you know, we've got wallet mum, good mum. This is like another brand of mum that's like microwave mum. Look, I think the problem is (laughs) I haven't met many. (laughs) So I feel quite alone. So DL slide in. If you're yeah, hopeless, make with- her feel seen. I, yes. hope, I hope you get some. I bet I get none. <laughs> Here's the thing about Jem. Jem has moved around a lot. She's lived in different countries. She worked on sets where there was like catering. She's like a very convenient. And you know, you had, I didn't grow up in the kitchen. I think we talked about yeah, this. Your My mom, mom wasn't cook. in the kitchen. You had cooks when you lived in Thailand. That's very commonplace. You had housekeepers. You know, that's just how the Asian culture does it. It's family style. Sharing I was never everything. in a kitchen ever. Never period. in a kitchen. So Jem's never really cooked for herself. No. I remember one time when you just become serious with your now husband. Yeah. And you were house sitting in this terrace in Paddington and you were like cosplaying like I'm a grown up now, guys. Look, <laughs> look, I'm like you guys. I have a partner. We're serious. I had a dinner had party. A, had a, Do you it, remember what I made? Oh, it would have been salmon. Probably. I, yeah. It, I think you had that one salmon thing. But like we ate at like 930. It's my signature dish. <laughs> because she was like, OK, I got to do this. But she's so social. She's like, welcome, welcome. Chat, chat, chat. Oh, should I put dinner on? It's like eight. Yeah. And me and the good mum are like, yeah, yeah, let's get a wriggle on. What I'm grateful for <laughs> is that my friends fully accept me of for who I am. we do. And when anyone comes over, it's sort yourself out. Help oh, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I never come to your house expecting to be fed unless I'm grabbing a U Foods from the fridge <laughs> or Hubs is home and he's barbecuing. See, that makes me sad. Why? I don't know. It feels like a real deficit in my personality because I am a natural host. I love yeah, yeah, having yeah. people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's like, why can't I provide food? Well, you could. You just, you're not motivated in that direction, it's, my dad would say. It's not a 
point of interest. It's not a point of interest. You don't want to do it. No, I like the eating part. I don't like the preparation part. Yeah. But now that you're older and, you know, you're... Okay, we're really getting off topic here. Let's go back. Let's go back to the Sorry whole point to of this. derail the whole chat. That's okay. I love a derailing, but let's get back on task. <laughs> is, is any chance you're trying to get back on task to move right away from this convo because it's making you uncomfortable? My hands are sweating. Okay. My pits are damp. Okay, <laughs> it's time to move on. Now, see you in the Facebook group. Back to gentle parenting. Yep. First of all, Revs said gentle parenting triggers me as a whole. Now, that's too broad. Okay. There's just elements within gentle parenting that bother me, and it's always the lack of time considerations. Yeah. It's always shared and declared online, even Janet Lansbury, who mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with. Yep. But I'm always like, yeah, but where's the clock yeah. in all this? You act like we have all the time in the world to sit there and hold emotional space for our children and just ride out the storm. Like, often there's time crunches in yeah, life. They're often acting like we don't of swimming at 9 a.m. and we have to get in the car and get there and get a park and you know correct there's there's things to do now this might surprise you but the thing that's triggering me this week (laughs) isn't actually to do with time crunching okay there's a trend and of course it's rooted in gentle parenting it was a tile on instagram that i saw a post on Mm -hmm. a grid Mm -hmm. and lots of people shared it so it resonated with a lot of people now one of my biggest bugbears with gentle parenting as well is once again we're putting more pressure on parents to say and do the right thing and parent the right way parent as a verb rather than a noun correct yeah now this one i felt Like it's one of those posts on a grid where it's on a carousel. So you want to scroll through it and read more. And I felt like the front cover text Mm -hmm. or copy Mm -hmm. was designed to be deliberately clickbaity and to stop the scroll. Now, this is what it says. We're all fighting for those eyeballs on social media. When a child hits, avoid saying, you need to say sorry. Okay. So I was like, huh, what's this about? What do you mean if my kid hits? that I don't impress upon them immediately not to say sorry because every single parent's instinct would be to stop it Mm -hmm. and then I would think to force their child to say sorry. Now it goes on to give you alternative language. Now I know words matter. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that Mm -hmm. and I'm big on extending vocabulary and finding better ways of communicating with your kids that remove shame. Mm -hmm. But hitting for me is a category unto itself Mm -hmm. that I think needs to be dealt with immediately. Now it gives you alternative language like hands are not for hitting or I can't let you near the baby if you hit her or stop. You may not hit. I'm going to take the toy away until you can be safe with your body. Mm -hmm. I think the issue that I took with this tile was the removal of saying sorry Mm -hmm. to someone that you just hit. And then it goes on to say, give your kids time to find their sorry. So you can say things like, you aren't ready to say sorry yet. When your sorry is ready, you can apologize. Or when you find your sorries, you can go and talk to your brother. And then towards the end of this post, it makes a statement that says essentially that you can't force an apology and that the word sorry means nothing to a child until they learn to empathize. Mm -hmm. So I guess the statement they're making is that a token sorry is useless if they don't learn empathy. But I've got some thoughts on this yeah, because I don't agree that a kid giving a forced sorry doesn't learn empathy. That statement I don't think is right to begin with, for starters. I think that empathy can always come later, but we need to drill in the importance of in the moment when you hurt another person that you say sorry as the first step or to check that they're okay. I'd love to know how they imagine kids learn and find empathy. (laughs) 
if not through these kind of like, frankly, civilized <laughs> social interactions. It's funny because the language in that is very much like it's at home because it's like your brother, your sister, the baby, mm. that kind of thing. I'm kind of thinking of it in more of a like at the park situation. You know, we've all been around or had kids who were hitters for a time uh-huh. and who would just whack kids at the park. And usually they're around two, three, and it's like really socially awkward. Yeah. And sure, maybe the forcing your kid to say sorry is the like social band-aid you put on yourself because you're embarrassed i don't think it's a social band-aid though well it is but i don't think it's bad yeah i don't think it's bad i don't think any kid means authentically please or thank you until they've like absolutely just it's become part of their habit yeah of manners i I understand what this person is saying that when your kid goes sorry and they don't mean it, it yeah but I will drill please and thank you into my kids until it's completely habit forming. Yeah, yeah. Because, you, fuck, you've got to work so hard at that. Like, yeah. I still can't believe Rafa is nearly five and I'm still prompting her to say please and thank you, but I'm committed to it. Mm. Do I every now and then get a please? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's token. And yeah. I go, well, she fucking said it. Yeah. But the other 10, 20 times, she means it. I think it's very similar to I love you. You know, like yeah. you say, I love you. And a baby goes, I love you. I love you. Or whatever. And like, they don't mean it. No. That like, eventually, like, you know, when they first look at you and go, mommy, I love you. Yeah. And they mean it. Oh, and you're like, oh my explodes. God. I think it's like, it's not inauthentic to give them the language. Correct. And then with their development and age and life experience and social constructs clicking for them, they can color in the authenticity and the feeling to the language. And empathy is something that will be filled in the gaps Mm. eventually. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't like this skirting around, not forcing your kid to say sorry. And then later on being like, well, I'll wait for you to find your sorries until you say it with feeling and meaning like I don't know I just hard disagree with that and you're absolutely right Revs I think these tiles are very much designed for in your home between your own kid siblings sure parent however the fuck you want to parent no one's going to judge it. It's no one's business. Yeah. But I take issue with it in the outside world. Now, yeah. if my kid got whacked by another kid and I didn't see that parent making an effort for their child to say sorry, like for me, hitting is bad. Yeah, it's violent. And I know we're in this space at the moment where we really don't want to shame our kids. Don't but say I- bad. <laughs> I know. Don't say bad boy or bad girl or, you know, or or even good or or good. (laughs) And don't shake. Like, this is what I mean about the mental gymnastics Mm. and therefore the pressure that gets put on parents to Mm -hmm. parent correctly with Mm -hmm. a capital P. But I think learning to say sorry as a reflex is really fucking important. Yeah. We all know those people in the world (laughs) who really struggle to say sorry Mm -hmm. as adults, as adults. Yeah. And I am really proud that both Rafa and Iggy are really good at saying sorry. Yeah. They might not always mean it, but every other time they do. Mm. And they, it's like natural for them. Like Rafa will bump into someone and go, oh, sorry. Or I'll say something to Iggy like, mate, please don't wake me up in the middle of the night. And he'll go, sorry, mommy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like they're very forthcoming with apology. And I think that's a really beautiful trait yeah. that they've practiced yeah. until it ha- finds meaning. I I would really struggle going back to the playground scenario if a kid hit my child and the parent went that's okay we'll find our sorries later like you know it just yeah. doesn't work doesn't and work. then let's talk about the kid that was hit 
like they also need to see that that behavior was not okay because there are also kids with personalities where they cop that kind of behavior Mm -hmm. and just take it. Mm -hmm. I know the good mom has a daughter who will just happily stand there and cop things. And she found that she had to advocate for her daughter and make sure her daughter went, no, you don't have to stand for that. That's not okay. You don't just take hitting and be like, oh, well, they must have meant it by accident no Mm. if behavior is deliberate i don't know i'm all about stamping that shit out and when it comes to hitting i don't care i know parents of boys really struggle with this notion that boys are aggressive and hitting is aggressive behavior i think we've all identified that when kids do hit and bite it's because they don't know how to redirect their feelings into language so it comes out physically it doesn't mean they're aggressive i know people take this bad kids it doesn't mean they're bad kids but if your kid does hit and bite and hurt another human being that shit still needs to be stamped out regardless of the root of the emotion and the intention of where it was coming from okay there's so much to unpack here so my nephew was a hitter mm-hmm. and teddy was a biter for a minute these were short intense periods you know and actually i know my sister bonded with particular people at the park because they also had a hitter and it was like oh my god safe space yeah. no one's judging me because if you don't have a hitter and you don't have a biter now isla never hit and never bit ever rafa was the same and so i never i did judge you know if we came across an aggressive kid or someone bit her or someone hit her i was like oh my god it's shocking because it's not your experience right the further you get into parenting the more your friends have kids when they go to school when you spend time in bigger groups bigger samples of children you start to learn okay you know that kid that i love so much went through a biting phase and we all got over it and it's fine you come out the other side but when you haven't when you're a new mum and you have a docile kid and you haven't had any experience with these other things it can be shocking yes when you're the parent of the biter or the hitter it's embarrassing Mm. you know it's like we have social constructs which gentle parenting doesn't always seem to fall into what i want to challenge and i don't necessarily believe this but i'm just going to play devil's advocate for the convo we talk about all the time we need to spend the time and the energy reframing things like pronouns, you know, inviting trans people in. Like, who does it hurt to use someone's correct pronouns? Who does it hurt to be inclusive? You know, we, we're always talking about that in terms of to the boomers and stuff. Yep. So I guess the gentle parenting camp would say, sure, it's mental gymnastics. Sure, it's more work. But is it important for like the soul of our children? You know, I'm saying it not very convincingly because I don't really believe it myself. But I'm just saying like, just because it's more effort doesn't mean it's wrong. I agree. What I struggle with is like, what's the end game for these kids we're being so delicate with, you know, like letting them find their authentic sorry and missing the actual genuine moment of when you need to apologize to someone when you've done something wrong. It's like, what is that kid learning from that? It was like, well, I authentically don't feel sorry. I wanted to hit them and I'm allowed to have that emotion and space and I'm going to go off and do what the fuck I want. Well, this is the thing, like on this train. I'm just trying to work out the end game. This idea of holding space, yeah. right? Like we hold space for our kids or we even now as adults say things like, sorry, I don't have the capacity for that right now yeah. or I need you to hold space for me and yeah. X, Y, and Z. The thing is to function as a society... The space being held needs to be shared. Yeah. It's a finite amount of space. Correct. (laughs) So in the situation of the hitter, right, and a parent might go, okay, so they're obviously experiencing big feelings Mm -hmm. and I want to hold space for their feelings and I'm not going to shame them and I'm not going to come down on them. 
But the reality is, was there was another player in this situation. And actually, if there's a hitter and someone who was copying the hit and not retaliating, the person copying it, quite frankly, is the victim. And deserves an apology. Correct. In society. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just think we forget that there's certain behaviours that are just not fucking cool and quite frankly should be shamed. Well, I was going to say, unpopular opinion, some things require a sprinkling of shame. Not a a permanent life-altering, attachment-ruining amount of heavy shame or... Where they feel abandonment. Yeah. I'm not talking that, but a sprinkle is a really nice way of describing some things are shameful. Yes, and there are <laughs> some things are shameful. And let's talk about the scope of human emotions. Yeah. Shame exists, it exists for a reason, and it's mm. actually really, to me, important mm. in certain situations for kids to experience that. To because that, to me, is how you fucking get empathy. Totally, is that you feel the shame and then you realize, yeah, oh fuck, I didn't feel good doing that. Yeah. Oh, actually, it wasn't cool to that kid. So. For me personally, listen to me now. She's on her side. I'm a fucking guru. No. (laughs) But what I would do is I would impress upon my child immediately that they do need to say sorry. So I'm going against this fucking tile because for me it's like, no, you need to say sorry to that kid. Whether you mean it or not, you've got to say it. Yeah, I will be immovable Mm. on that. I will hold Rafa and Iggy, use them as an example, and go, no, 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 I'm not moving until you say sorry for that kid. Now, if the sorry comes out, I will take it and accept it regardless of the authenticity of Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. I also do it so that the parent sees it, Mm -hmm. that I am letting the other child. Yes. And that I am letting them know for their child's benefit that what my kid did to their kid is not okay. Yeah. Now let's imagine my kid is full of rage, big feelings, because I don't know about Teddy and Isla, but when Rafa and Iggy have done something wrong and they know it, they do a deep cry. It's almost like a guilt cry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rafa's done uh-huh. it before where she knows yeah, Teddy does it, she's yeah. done something wrong and she it's like she can't carry the she shame. Can't, she can't handle it. No, she can't handle she's, herself. She, so she just like becomes this blubbering mess and I'm like, it's okay, darling. And I know she's crying because I'm like, oh, the feelings have landed. Yeah. Like she's realized yeah. and she doesn't like the feeling inside. So going back to my kid hitting – I would then deal with those big feelings, let them calm down, hold space for them because they've already got the sorry out. So I've dealt with the other family mm-hmm. to kind mm-hmm. of save the awkwardness in yeah. society. Yep. Then I would hold space Which for my kid. we have to acknowledge we live in. Yes. There are like there are rules and structures and things around us as a society that keep us, you know, from being animals. <laughs> but we forget about this, <laughs> don't we? We <laughs> often think like, we become very self-focused. Well, we parents, we're like, yeah. oh no, the society rules are bad for my child. Well, then, and some of them are and no, some, some of them are. need dismantling, but sorry, please and thank you. I don't know. I don't know. Those ones need to stick <laughs> we need around. some. <laughs> so then where I'm going from there mm. is when your child is cooled down, because we always talk about the repair, mm. the importance mm-hmm. of the repair. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that once they've simmered, that's when you can then go in with the proper gentle parenting style explanation. Yep. So I'm not anti-gentle parenting at all by any stretch of the imagination. I am here for it. I love the use of language rather than aggression or parents acting out because Mm. they can't handle themselves in a situation. Like I'm all constantly saying to hubs, let's just keep the calm. Let's just use our words and explain all the time because sometimes my husband can be quite reactive and I can too, but I think I've just gotten better at it because it's a practice. Like, Like parents are learning to practice getting better with language, with kids and gentle parenting, I think saying sorry in the moment is a practice. Totally. I want to know what the utopian 
gentle parenting. Let's take it to its extreme. And there are people who live and breathe this and this is their commitment to their children as they're going to bring them up this way. And who knows, we could be really wrong. Maybe that's the right way and those kids are just going to have a more evolved existence. We don't know. And I'm not saying that in a facetious way. I'm genuinely throwing my hands up and saying, I have strong feelings in one direction. Doesn't mean I'm right. Let's just thought experiment. In the gentle parenting world, first of all, no one has to be anywhere at any particular time. I know. Is it a big field... (laughs) where they're roaming around in their own solo experience of being a human, interacting when it suits, learning when it suits, feeling when it suits. I just don't know what kind of, I genuinely am asking, what is the end game? Yeah. Is it one of those parenting things where it's not actually about the kids, it's more us, like as you described, unlearning our like shame and boomer parenting that we absorbed? Yeah. And is it maybe like, okay, you you dip your toe into gentle parenting to learn all the lessons and then you sort of land in a middle place where some of it works for you and you cherry pick, like Mm -hmm. that works for me, but you know, but I feel like some of the gentle parenting stuff, just like Montessori or any of those, you know, I guess disruptive or alternative parenting. Do you think gentle parenting is alternative now? Because for me, it feels mainstream and I'm here no, for that. I think this is your algorithm. I really do. Okay. It's like me being stuck on shark gram. Like shark gram? <laughs> I looked at one shark video and now it haunts me every time I scroll. It's yeah. like, oh, look, another great white shark encounter. Oh, look, a shark in a tank. Oh, look, that one, you know, took that thing. It's, it's like, like roller it, skates it, 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 all it over again. It was like the roller skating talk that yeah. I was on for months. It's like now I'm on Sharkgram and it just follows me around, stalking me like the big predator it is. It's like I think you are caught in a gentle parenting algorithm and it's the age of your children. I haven't heard a gentle parenting tip in years. Oh, I get so many in real forms as well where it's parents giving you alternative language. But this is the thing. I'm not a gentle parenting hater. No, I know. And there is so – I absorb all that and I actually enjoy it because I love alternative language. But I think if we boil it all down and distill it Mm. to what's triggered me most, it's the fact that this is someone – trying to throw out a theory and a method I feel to stop the scroll on the gram and garner people's attention by using hitting and sorry and saying don't tell your kid to say so I think that's what you, it so is you, what's what's upsetting you is it's almost it's like deliberately being clickbaity I think that's what it is and you think it's dangerous I don't communication think I don't know if it dangerous is feels like a very strong word I just thought, fuck, where have we got to in society? I know, I know, but listen to yourself. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. But listen to yourself because if we were talking about another topic, say pronouns, yeah. and we we're like, where have we gotten to? What's left? You know, like, it's really, it's gone too far. Like, I'm always just a little flag goes off for me when you feel that activated by something that's like, what is upsetting me here? Yeah. Is it that this doesn't sit well with me okay. and I'm being called to adapt to a modern okay. style? I'm, okay, so then tell me, Revs, what is it? Because for me it's as simple and as basic as if someone hits someone Mm. you fucking learn to say sorry in the moment you don't walk away and leave that victim and go sorry I just needed to like find my sorries for me it's like no yeah like we've forgotten about who do we need to look after in this scenario? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like I got triggered when you use that example, when people go, oh, what's the world come to with yeah. pronouns? Like, I don't feel like that's the same. Yeah. That feels extreme. Yeah. Because I'm on that train too, where I go, get over it. Who's it hurting? Yeah, just but adapt. actually in yeah. this situation, 
someone is getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, for yep. me with pronouns, it's like, it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. People being themselves on the internet, does it hurt you? Look away if you're yeah, triggered by totally. it. Move on. Like, 100%. Look in the mirror and figure out why they bother you. Yeah. But hitting mm. is hurting someone. I agree. And it's violence. And it's just like... It feels like it's condoning the violent act, maybe, and yeah. But then, like, and I felt the same really... about the Will Smith thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when he walked up and just open palm smacked Chris Rock across the face on live television in front of millions of people, and suddenly everyone was like, "Well, we need to look at the root of the history of black people protecting their what." You know, and I was like, "Okay, yes, yeah, sure." All that will eventually yeah. be what's there's built. an analysis of this cultural Abs- cultural moment. Abs- Absolutely. And he's bubbled over for a multitude of reasons. But at the end of the day, we still have to deal with that behavior and what's being modeled to the next generation. And I just saw a man in that moment who lost control, lost control and he couldn't self-regulate and he couldn't handle it. And I know he's apologized and all that stuff, but that doesn't make the hitting okay. No. And does it take it, take it to the extreme you know in america another school shooting last week do we go well that person that person this and that that. the system failed there has to be things in place that says this is the line and it's not okay and you have to always have a blanket rule violence yeah never the answer that's you know just yeah i'm with you i'm with you i'm not trying to like make it more than it is i agree with you totally agree with you i just think every time something upsets us in this way it's worth a little bit of introspection to be like why is this upsetting me and i can imagine you've got a three and a four-year-old you're not sleeping and then you clock off for the night and you sit down on the couch and oh look there's a new way to parent and it's like really really (laughs) you know it's too much too much it's too what it is much the biggest gift i got as a parent of a four and six-year-old was a fucking lockdown to be like, you know what? They're going to be on screens. (laughs) You know what? Let that go. You know what? They're going to eat this. For all of us to survive, they're going to have these things. And to come out the other side of it and be like, you know what? They're not damaged. (laughs) Like we get back to our healthy eating. We get back to our active stuff. They're not on screens as much as whatever. None of it mattered. We were doing it to survive. It was a time. Yeah. Just like my kids ate in front of their iPads for three years. And now we talk at dinner. All these little things are there to survive. It doesn't mean they're locked in forever. You don't have to, you know, have like a full one way philosophy. You can adapt and change as they grow and change. The hitting, biting stage of toddlerhood is so fucked. (laughs) And the fact that it combines with, you know, often not getting your kids to be able to eat the right stuff. You're not sleeping properly. Your relationship is under strain. It's never been under, you know. But this is why they call it the trenches. It's the proper, proper trenches. And it all gets easier. It does. It just does. And nothing needs to stick forever. You can always change your philosophy and kids respond really well to that. They really do. We actually don't give them enough credit for how well they can adapt. It's all about us. It is. I'm telling you, my kids, I come back to the slime thing. (laughs) I know (laughs) it's stupid. No, but I get it. But it's like, I have like a proper fear of slime like it makes me feel physically ill i'm scared of it not just like to an annoyance level i'm afraid of it getting in my carpet of sticking to things i don't like how it feels i hate the sound i just have this real aversion to slime i hate the word slime all of it i hate it and i know we all hate no one likes slime but i'm telling you guys it's worse for me okay it's bad (laughs) i don't like it so i've had a blanket rule day one no slime and like i have never budged on it and so my kids 
they never push me. Yeah. They, it's like they know they're not allowed to play with knives because yeah. you're always like, no, of course not fucking playing with a knife. It's like, no, of course not fucking having slime. Yeah. And they don't push it to the point where if they get a little slime in a lolly bag at a party, they'll hand it over. Yeah. Oh, mom, they gave us slime. That's like Play-Doh in my house. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't do Play-Doh. Oh, God, I'm kind of sad because Play-Doh is fine. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, don't feel sorry for my oh, kids. Space. They get their Play-Doh fix at daycare. At daycare yeah, in a yeah, yeah. big way. And yeah, it's yeah. their favorite. But mm-hmm. I cannot have Play-Doh in my house. Yeah. I hate it. Okay. And my kids fully accept it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's my point is like anything that you just decide. Yeah. Glennon Doyle has the most amazing chapter in Untamed. If you want to read more about this stuff, I know we're taking a tangent here, but about how she changed her mind on her kid's screen time. And she talked to him in a really real way. He, I think he was like 14 something. So a bit of a different world. And it was like, hey, you know what? I've actually got a new opinion on how much screen time you have. And I want to take your phone away. Like he, she'd just given him a phone and he'd been on it for, I think it was a matter of months. And she was really unhappy with how it was affecting him, yeah. his engagement in the family, the way he was getting things done, whatever. And she's like, I think we need to take your phone back. But it wasn't a punishment or anything. She just explained that she'd changed her mind. Yeah. And it was a really positive experience. I love the permission to change your mind, but uh, Rafa's learnt to weaponize it against me, oh, really? which kind of annoys me, which is fine. <laughs> She's but, so smart. But I hold space for her and I'm like, because she goes, but mummy, I'm allowed to change my mind. And I'm like, yep. oh, you're parroting oh, it back dude. to me. Yeah. But it'll be things like, I'll be like, what do you want for breakfast? And she'll be like, wheat bix And then I'll give it to her and she'll be like, sorry, I've changed my mind. Oh, I nah. want peanut butter on toast. And I'm like, hun, no, you asked for this. Yeah, but I'm allowed to change you my mind. You are allowed to change mind. And then you're also allowed to make the second option because mummy's made you your one and now it's over yeah, to you exactly um i love this because if i had a parent philosophy i'd call it like the honest parenting philosophy do you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. the mummy's a hot mess yeah. parent philosophy. you know what mummy was really sure about this and now she's not sure like i don't think it hurts your kids in fact i think it's really bonding and connecting and brilliant or it has been for me to just be honest with your kids sometimes yeah and to let your kids know you have limits you make mistakes that you're doing your best all that kind of stuff like yeah. or mommy's having a hard day today because of x absolutely mommy's like not coping at you the know moment. i've said to my kids a number of times and i do feel them actually step up especially rafa where i'll be like hey raf daddy's not here today so mommy's doing this on her own mm. and i find it a little bit tricky without daddy but can you please just help mommy out because mm. i'm having a hard time with this and yeah. she does she yeah. hears me and she gets it yeah but we forget and I know it's not about treating them like little adults you're not taking away their innocence from their childhood I'm not putting pressures on kids like daddy needs to be away because we don't have enough money you know yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. that it's kind trauma. of it's not yeah <laughs> not awful pressures like that but just letting them in a little bit yeah. on how you're feeling my fears with these really stringent strong philosophies and choices as parents or just as women or people right you see it a lot you see people who whose whole brand is perfect or committed to a one philosophy for me it scares me because it's like what if you fuck up yeah <laughs> which you're allowed to Absolutely. you're allowed to fuck up or what if you change your mind or what if you don't do something perfectly or what if something fails or what if you don't make it you know what do you do if you've built this brand? And that I'm talking about it could be an actual brand or it could just be someone's personal commitment to something as a, like their own way of living their life. What happens when you fail or it doesn't work for you anymore? Mm. That feels frightening to me. I would rather be on fluid, fluid flexible, on a journey, yeah. open to fucking up. Because then, oh my God, first of all, there's so much more growth in it. Yeah. But also then... 
I don't know, you just don't have to self-flagellate. Yeah. Or if there's room to get things wrong, you're probably more likely to get things right. Totally. Right? I agree. Right there with you, baby. Mm. Yeah. I (sighs) find these philosophies when they're so heavy-handed tricky. (sighs) That episode took a turn. Can we talk about shopping? (laughs) (laughs) Let's lighten the load. And uh, you know what, Rebsy? We didn't do a knot spawn last week. And of course we didn't get away with it. The deal was like, "Um, was it just me? Was there no knot spawn? (laughs) Yeah, we're sorry, guys. We just straight up forgot. We forgot. I there's think no after, more to it. Yeah, there's no more to it. But you know what? We're going to make it up to you this yeah. week, not by giving a double knot spawn, but just straight up remembering to do a knot yep. spawn. And I've got something good. Well, in that case, Rebsy, hear me with your knot spawn. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay. I've got a really fun pair of jeans. Ooh. And not expensive. We're coming into that season. They're a cool trend. Super, super fun. They're comfy. Yep. Okay. They're from Cotton On. Why am I saying it weird? Cotton On. Cotton On. <laughs> they're from Cotton On. Okay. And they're fantastic. They're called the Original Flare Jean. Flares are back, baby. Flares are back. And listen, I've had this chat with a friend this week. you got to be wearing them with boots, okay? Yeah, you can't be rocking not those cl- in flats. No, it's full female detective vibe yeah. if you do it wrong. And we don't want that. We want cool elder millennials okay <laughs> so they're 59.99 great price point but like if you've got perks vouchers in your inbox like me they're 49.99 yeah guys if you've shopped at cotton on just do yourself a favor this go into your spun. inbox and just type in payday yeah or and, perk yeah or cotton on perks and see if it pops up so this comes in six colors this jean i got it in the black i've noticed the zoomers are wearing their black flares with black boots or a metallic cowboy boot mm-hmm. here for Fun. it you need to heal with this flare you can't be rocking this with your mum trainers okay this is a healed stitch question yes the float of the flare yes how far off the like you know this yeah, is yeah. something to oh, consider no, like and I'm a short girl right yeah. I'm a shorty girl I'm 165 centimeters I'm short man in fact I get shit from my boyfriend all the time because apparently I said I was <laughs> I can't even remember what I said but apparently on my hinge profile I put a height that I'm absolutely not and he thought I was taller and he thinks it's funny point Great. being I'm a short girl and these flares when I wear my boots they are like kissing they're not kissing they're off the ground but just yeah you just see the flirting they're flirting with the ground i love making eyes at the ground you see the toe of the boot you see a little bit of the heel at the back it's chic it elongates the leg on you we'd probably see a little almost some ankle oh almost they're not ankle grazing though they're like they're a flare and they've got a flare but they're high-waisted oh best they're so good so it like it's like zip up that mum stretchy stretchy there's a bit of stretch in them but they're rigid enough to give you that banging shape okay they're a proper flare sorry i'm i'm very invested in this and i'd like to extend your not spun into another question (laughs) okay um boot recommendations oh well i've got my witness from years ago dude witness yeah they're just great preach yeah they're good they're good they are so good mine are like six years old at this point i've had them resold that's like a whole thing asos has great boots if you don't want a spenny option like they really do just have like a really amazing range i in winter like a stacked heel because i can wear them everywhere yep. but like quite a bit of height but stacked so yeah. it's not like a pointy thing nah fuck stilettos does anyone wear yeah, stilettos I do anymore still wear them but you know oh, not every day and not with jeans it hurts it hurts um yeah i've got a nice little shoe collection from my dating time <laughs> But yeah, really recommend. I wore them, felt great in them. Looked really cool with a silk shirt, tucked. Cute. So it's like, I'm a mum, but I'm like stylish, fun mum. Love it. In my flares. Can recommend. Hit me with your nuts, pal.
God. All right, I'm going to be quick with this one because this episode is getting long, baby. It's okay. So you know how personalized books are huge and have been probably for the last five to six years? Sure. And for kids. I, for kids, yeah. yeah. And I love a customized anything. Mm-hmm. So Rafa over the years has been very lucky to receive or I've also contributed to her collection of books that have her name mm, in them. Lovely. So it'll be like Rafa and her red shoes. And you know when you go on the website, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I have read a lot of customized books mm-hmm. for kids, but there is one that rises to the top. Oh, love it. And it's by a company called Librio. Mm-hmm. So L-I-B-R-I-O. And they do a whole range of beautiful personalized books. But my favorite, my absolute favorite is called A Tale of Two. And what I love is if you have multiple children is you can add them in as characters. Now, the reason why I love it is obviously because of the story. Like, I feel like... Some book brands do personalized stories and I'm like, oh, this is cute. It's got like the characters called Rafa and I'm like, the story's shit. Yeah, there's, like, no, there's, there's no plot there's, here. There's no plot. There's no cliffhanger. It's predictable as fuck. Yeah, like, right, right, you know, right. I can see how you've adapted this to every fucking name. Like, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. But A Tale of Two mm-hmm. is about two friends playing the most epic game of hide and seek oh, in a library, but oh. they go and hide in books. Oh, fun. Yeah. So one will be cool. in, yeah, like go into the hungry caterpillar and it's like hiding in the fruit and then next minute it's in Mowgli the jungle book and it's like one character's like swinging through the trees trying to get away from in the case of my kids book their sibling who's searching for them and it's really wholesome and beautiful and the ending is gorgeous like it's got a real aha moment at the end and anyway A Tale of Two by Librio if you have a friend whose kid you're shopping for like consider adding them and their sibling as a character or them and their best friend it's just really sweet it's Rafa favorite book. Do you think Teddy would like this? I'm trying to encourage Teddy. Like he to doesn't read. love doing his readers. Yeah. And I wonder if this would encourage him to do a bit of reading. I think he would love it. And does he have a bestie? Yeah, we can chuck Milo in there. Chuck Milo in there. And Theo I think and he, Milo. he will froth. Okay. Yeah. Right, Librio, cool. check it out. All right. Love it. That's two solid not spawns to make up from last week's uh, absence. We love you, DLs. We love you too. Guys, as always, if you want more and you're always telling us you want more, there's heaps there for you. There's almost 20, actually. Deep dive, one hour special DNM episodes waiting for you. Last week, we talked about alcohol. Gem's not a drinker. I do use alcohol. <laughs> I'm trying to say it right, but you know, I drink, she doesn't drink. We talk about it, all the nuances, the relationships, the interesting parts of the culture when you do and you don't drink, how it can get out of hand. Can I tease to our DLs what our next DNM is about? Oh my God, yes. I'm it's really excited about this one, guys. We have a guest yes. on board. It's coming out this Sunday, right? Correct. It's juicy, it's insightful, it's fascinating. A little bit it's pervy. A little bit pervy. It's just one of those things where you're like, huh, I really want to unpack yeah. and learn more about what it feels like to choose to have a child solo. So exciting. We mm. talked to Billy, who's done it, and we ask her every question you could possibly want to know. Yes, and from like, how did you choose your sperm donor? Mm-hmm. Like going through a catalogue, did yep. you base it on looks or health history? Anyway, all the questions. How do you talk to your kid about it? What's it like? Would you do it again? All yeah. that kind of stuff. All the stuff. Anyway, anyway that'll be waiting for, for you on Sunday in DNMs. You can grab links to Spotify or Apple in our Instagram profile but as always thanks for having us in your ears every tuesday and fridays for bestie hotline for those of you who aren't subscribers and we appreciate you and love you we love you all 
one of these days we'll, we'll have an outro to our podcast. It was very mezzo, wasn't it? It was very it was. like you mid, really middle chose of the story. a I low note. note.